Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. All right, we're back here. Investor Coaching Show, Paul Winkler. Ira Work. All right. Well, we talk about money and investing. PaulWinkler.com is the website. Next workshop that's coming up, go sign up for it. A lot of people think that, well, you guys just like, and I've heard financial advisors say this, put that in quotes. <laughs> well, they're just, they're just indexing guys. That's all those guys are. No. <laughs> we're just not, we're anti-gambling, but not indexing. As, as in, you know, if you don't know what an index fund is, well, uh, you're just tracking a certain area of the market. It works well in a couple different areas of the market. But uh, if you look at smaller companies, value companies, international, small, international, small value, emerging market, small, emerging market, small value. Uh, you look at these various areas of the market, it doesn't work terribly well. Number one. Number two. What we're finding now is that that investment companies, investment advisors, uh, robo portfolios, for example, robotic portfolios, they're using indexes to, instead of just stock pick, where they used to move individual stocks around a lot, now, now what are they doing? They're, they're moving around entire areas of the market through the, the index. They're just using that to gamble now. Well, you know, those companies that say that we're just indexing, they've actually never come to any of our education workshops. They actually have no idea what we do. <laughs> That's true. Because if you look at the funds that we work with, they're not index funds. I did have an I did have a financial advisor attend one of my workshops once. It was one of the most awkward things. <laughs> he was a financial guy. And it was interesting. Actually showed up at a workshop that I was teaching up here in Goodlettsville. But it was fun. I mean, I, I got along fine with the, with the person. I don't even remember who it was. And, and I've had people that uh, I've known for years, financial advisors. And uh, now they are, are they're, they're a couple, and there aren't many, but they're a couple doing what we do in this area mm -hmm. as a result of some of the conversations that I've had with them. So, and, and I welcome it. I think it's a good idea. You know, come on, guys. You know, get with it. The academic research, you know, it's, the, the water's nice. Jump in. Well, as much as we would like to have everybody in Nashville or, you know, the greater Nashville area uh, investing with us, we're just not big enough to handle everybody that needs our help. True. I mean, that's one of the reasons why there's now seven advisors at this company. You were working all by yourself, and you had said to me, all right, I have too many people. If I worked twenty four seven, I couldn't help everybody. <laughs> that, that, yeah, exactly. That dog you wasn't going to hunt. I couldn't you know, do so it anymore. So sixteen years ago, Evan came up here. Fifteen years ago, a little more than that, I came up here, and mm -hmm. you know, now we're seven advisors mm -hmm. trying to help as many people as we can invest the right way for their financial success. And then Jim came here from California. Uh, Jonathan came here from Chattanooga. Uh, then, then you had Anne yeah, coming up from Wisconsin. from Wisconsin. Yeah, Arlene was around here. She already. was in well, but originally she was in. Oh, Atlanta. she was in Atlanta. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's yeah, good point. So yeah, you know, we'll, we'll grab them from all over the place. Yeah, uh, I, and I've and I've had some people, you know, some people that have uh, from other 
other financial advisors in this area that come and say, I want to work with you guys. And I always tell them, go get a degree first. You know, first go get a financial planning, you know, go, go become a chartered financial consultant, certified financial planner. Uh, you know, that's your starting point. And then, you know, the academic stuff, if somebody's high quality, you know, you can, you can teach them uh, and, and get them the rest of the way. And they can learn some of the academic stuff as they go. And because I'm not going to let them go and do whatever they want anyway. Right. All these offices, you know, if you look at the way they operate, it is... You don't have to worry about, do I go to the Murfreesboro office? Am I going to get the same treatment that I get at the Goodlitzville office, that I get at the Cool Springs office? No, but in Murfreesboro, they, they can get You think me. it's going to be better, don't they? Yeah, I know. I knew, I knew you were going to say I was like going, I am walking into a trap and here. In Tullahoma, they get me. Yeah, I, I knew. It was like, I knew I was stepping in it. <laughs> I mean, I, look, I have clients in 10 states. You know, we do Zoom meetings. We do emails. I mean, we can help however... Um, the investor wants us to help them. Mm -hmm. uh, so according to Naveen, uh, according to Naveen, uh, the investors parked heavy in cash may be making a mistake. And uh, this is interesting because it was talking about investors sitting on the sidelines in cash. A lot of people have been doing that. They see higher interest rates to the banks. They've been, hey, you know, look, I can get this interest rate at a bank. Let's just do that. And let's just, you know, let's put money over there because the interest rates haven't been this high. Well, inflation hasn't been this high in that long. That's why the interest rates are high. But I thought it was interesting that Naveen had done this little piece of research on it. And they were looking at different periods of time since we had uh, rate hikes. They said, as, as you look at it, historical returns shows that the broader $55 trillion U.S. bond market typically outperformed short-term treasuries at the end of the past Federal Reserve rate hiking cycle since the 1990s. So they're walking through different periods of time in history when we've had rate hikes and finding that sitting in cash is not such a great idea. And, you know, the same thing is true, though, if you look at, at equities historically. Now, and this is, you know, we can't predict the future as, as to when this is going to happen or, or how it's going to happen. But if you look at history and look when the interest rates have been higher, and right, right here, what they're doing is they're looking at the bond markets. Because a lot of people have been getting a little bit panicky about bonds because when interest rates go up, the way a bond works, when interest rates go up, bond prices go down if they're longer types of bonds, you know, three, five, 10. I, I don't, we don't like going out that far. Six years is about as far as we'll go out. But what happens when interest rates go up, bond prices can drop down. And what happens is that if that coincides with a market downturn, like what happened last year, and you can already see from, you know, so far this year that it would have been a mistake to walk away from, from equities or stocks. But here's the point. A lot of people said, oh, wait a minute, longer bonds and stocks happened to go down last year because of the interest rate increases causing greater costs to the companies, which drove down earnings, part of what drove down earnings. And then stocks went down and longer bonds went down together. Let's just get out of bonds. Let's just, di let's just ditch bonds. We don't need bonds anymore. Let's just put it all in cash uh, because cash doesn't go down, you know, as, as far as like money markets or something like that, short-term cash uh, doesn't typically go down. I say typically because anything can, you can lose value in anything. And, you know, the reality is there's no such thing as absolute safety anywhere. But here's the thing 
that they're making a mistake on right now is walking away from those bonds and looking back at history is what Naveen's saying here. If you look back at history, when the Federal Reserve has gotten involved in rate hiking cycles, that you look at the bonds versus cash and you historically would have been making a huge mistake. Jumping all in cash is their point. Because the reality of it is, this is what people do when they walk away from any investment that does not perform up to what they thought it would perform at. They are basically walking out to the barn and closing the door after the horse has already left. When you walk away from bonds, you're saying, I don't want to be diversified. And you're walking away from diversification, number one. But number two, based on history, you could be walking away from much higher returns during Fed rate hiking cycles is what they're saying here. Well, and the interest rates will come back down. So the bonds will actually then increase in value. Yeah, if interest, exactly what I was saying. You know, let, let's just, you know, and I teach this in one of my workshops. Let's say you take $100,000, and this would be a really good example of the fluctuation in interest rates and what happens to bond pricing and why. Mm -hmm. So if you take $100,000, and let's say you get a 7% rate of return, mm -hmm. you're going to get a $7,000 a year income. Mm -hmm. Now, if interest rates go up to 9%, I, if I if I invest eighty thousand dollars, I could actually get seventy two hundred dollars worth of income, a little mm -hmm. bit more. Mm -hmm. But I don't have to pay a hundred thousand dollars. So I would not pay somebody a hundred thousand dollars to buy their bond from them that only pays me seven percent mm -hmm. when I could buy the brand new bond at nine at a lower and price and keep twenty thousand dollars in my savings account. I like. That's a really interesting way of explaining it. That's okay. really good. Now, on the flip side of that, if interest rates go from 7% to 5%, I now have to invest $140,000 to get that $7,000 worth of income. Mm -hmm. So I might be willing to pay you $135,000 for that 7% bond That's that right. you have. That's right to get $7,000 worth of income, it's all gonna depend upon how much, how long, what's the maturity, yeah. how long can I collect that $7,000 for? Yeah, that's a fun way of explaining it. That really is, that's good. <laughs> I like that. You gotta put that uh, put that together in a slide for everybody. Because <laughs> I, I like that, the numbers are all... That's all you need. It's that's just cool. The basic. It is. It's a great way of explaining bonds. Yeah, I, I, I never explained it that way, yeah. but that's, that's really cool. And it's what we call an inverse relationship. Interest rates go up, your bond value goes down. Interest rates go down, your bond value goes up. It's very simple. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of investing, well, not investing mistakes, but financial mistakes, Americans are dropping homeowners insurance, claiming the odds of disaster don't justify the cost. So... These would be, of course, people that have their homes paid off and don't necessarily have to have homeowners insurance. But that blew my mind. The Wall Street Journal talking about some, some skipping insurance say that they're doing so because they can no longer afford the rising premiums. National average for homeowner insurance, homeowners insurance based on $250,000 in dwelling coverage increased this year to $1,428 annually. And 
because people are looking at that going 1428 you know if a $250,000 house burns down um I that's that's I got that in, I got that but I can't afford 1428 <laughs> I you know that to me that blows my mind that people are skipping out on homeowners insurance uh they said and and it's it's not in well I and I I didn't even see this till just now but it's actually uh, wealthier people are doing it as well because they're looking at it going that they have saved enough money to rebuild uh, but the risks of foregoing policy is significant you know you're not just talking about fire your house burning down you're also talking about wind damage you're also talking about floods uh, floods like uh, well, but, but you're, you're going to have Florida. flood but, but flood insurance that'll be the, that'll be an exception in a homeowner's policy so you know you don't necessarily have flood insurance with a homeowner's ins insurance policy um, you'll have to have the national flood because the, it hits too many, too many uh, houses at once in one area. So, uh, but you'll have, let's say, theft. Uh, somebody you know breaks in, or somebody you know you have uh, liability coverage. I would look at. I, I would look at that as the biggest, one of the biggest reasons to have homeowners insurance is liability. Somebody gets hurt on your property. You know, I talk to their clients about insurance all the time, and you know, I say. Insurance is the only thing that we actually buy that we really hope we never use. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have a $250,000 house and you're trying to save $1,428 a year on the policy, you would have to save that money for 175 years in order to have the $250,000 to build a new house. Mm -hmm. Now, yes, you can take the money out of your investment account, but that's going to then reduce what your future income is going to be. Um, I, <coughs> I've actually, well, um, so one of the things that I have talked about is that homeowners insurance, disability insurance, health insurance, auto insurance, all of this stuff is the moat around your castle. Right. You know, and, and that's, that's the analogy that I like. I mean, the, the metaphor that I like is, is, you know, that you're having something protecting the rest of it. Um, but the reality is even if you canceled your homeowner's insurance, you're still insuring it. If you don't buy long-term care That's insurance, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're still insuring it. If you don't buy health insurance, you're still insuring it. Yeah, it would be it would self be the, be, be the, be the, well, the, the Winkler Insurance Company. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. So it's not a matter of, well, I'm not paying for insurance. No, what you're saying is, well, if I need it, I'll just lay the money out of my own pocket. So you're insuring that you're going to take care of it yourself. So you either lay it off and pay pennies on the dollar to have an insurance company take care of it, or you just spend whole dollars and lots of them. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think part of it is there are a couple of reasons that I see this happening. Number one, insurance companies, they're dealing with having some bad bond investments of their own. So they're having to raise premiums to cover some losses that they've had on the investment end. Uh, note to somebody that says, I'm gonna put all my retirement money with an insurance company. <laughs> They're not necessarily the best investors in the world. Uh, the second thing is some of the unexpected climate 
issues. People call it climate change, and and I would just say that you know climate's always changing. Uh, you know, there are, I remember in the 1970s, of course, it was the ice age that was coming that was imminent, and and there you know there's always differences in climates that go. And some people, I've heard, I've heard people blame it on all kinds of things. I'm not going to get. It. I was going to jump into it, and I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to jump into that because some of the theories as to why the climate has changed has been fascinating to me. But in essence, you know, you'll have you know hurricanes coming from unusual places. Uh, you know, you'll have uh, tornadoes. You know, the tornado alley seems to have moved. Uh, you know, it used to be always uh, that that you would see the tornadoes. Think of you know Dorothy and, and Wizard of Oz. That was always where all the all the tornadoes were were out there and now it's you know Alabama it seems like I hear a lot about torna- tornadoes down in that particular area um you have good winters bad winters uh, you'll have um you, you'll have issues with um oh man I'm just thinking about you know hailstorms that might come in and, and take out your roof and all of a sudden Man, you got to replace an entire roof, and that is not cheap at all. Uh, you'll have cars, a car accident. Uh, a lot of times, your your car and your homeowner's insurance are tied together, and you get discounts for having those two things together. Uh, now, you, are you paying more for your auto insurance because you don't have homeowner's insurance? I mean, you know, think about that. It's it's uh, you know that may mitigate that to some extent. Just kind of thinking through this as I'm just kind of thinking on the fly as to what this actually can cause. Well, I have um, a separate policy for my wife's insur- my, my wife's uh, ring. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, because. Sure. I, but I use an independent company mm-hmm. that is strictly a company that insures jewelry. Mm-hmm. Because if someone broke into the house and just stole her ring, or if she lost her ring and we put a claim in through our homeowner's insurance, mm-hmm. that's going to raise the rate on my homeowner's insurance. And it may be a schedule on it as well. So uh-huh. a lot of times people have, and if you don't know what a schedule is, if you have collectibles, let's say that you collect guns or uh, coins or artwork or musical instruments or, or whatever, you may have a dollar amount that that stuff is covered to. Look at your homeowner's insurance policy. It may be only covered to $2,500 or something like that, and you may have $15,000 worth of stuff. Uh, you know, you may you may be taking, like, let's say that you, you move things in your car, you know, from your home. And, you know, you might have something out, you're driving around town and you, you're a musician and you have your equipment and then all of a sudden you're loading up your equipment and somebody decides to unload it for you. Uh, <laughs> prematurely. <Without your> permission. <laughs> yeah, prematurely. <laughs> Not funny, but, uh, but um, let's say that, that that happens and now you're out whatever it is for that equipment. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more competent investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, 
please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.